It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me, or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Dr. Fauci says he has COVID again. If you've done the right thing and gotten vaccinated, you deserve the freedom to be safe from COVID-19. And this morning, I learned I I tested positive for COVID-19 as well. Three doses that you can prevent it, not just from serious illness, but from getting this virus, this Omicron variant, and therefore giving it to others. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is in quarantine for seven days after testing positive to COVID. So I'm fully vaccinated. It gives me some comfort. Anthony Albanese has just tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, Having received two doses of AstraZeneca, it's a very effective vaccine protection from symptomatic illness and therefore risk of transmission to others. All right, so that was a little interesting montage that somebody put together, and it shows you very clearly the hypocrisy, oh, and maybe even the stupidity of world leaders who told us repeatedly that if you got the vaccine, you would not get COVID. And now we find that almost everyone, certainly that I know, that had the vaccine is getting COVID. I I think we should call it the, you know, the pandemic of the vaccinated. Uh, Look what they did to people that didn't get vaccinated. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember the harsh stares and the shunning of those of us that thought the vaccine was uh, risky and were not willing to take it. Now our friends who decided to take it, and not all of them snubbed us, but a lot of people were just very unkind about it, can we say. Now they're getting COVID because they were lied to. They were lied to by people like Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, Justin Trudeau, Daniel Andrews, Victoria Premier, who's the Victorian Premier, and Anthony Albanese, uh, the P- PM of Australia, Brett Sutton, the Victorian Chief Health Officer. Those guys in British Columbia and Victoria are, were some of the worst. And now they've all gotten COVID. And they're talking about how if you just take that vaccine, you won't get COVID. Listen to us. Take the vaccine. You won't have it. And then they said to us, if you take the vaccine, you'll have, you know, it will be, you won't get it as badly. Well, of course, that's a lie, too, because the virus by now is not as virulent as it was. Uh, Joe Biden now, of course, has the virus. They're talking about it. Uh, they say he has a cough. He has a, I don't know, he has a cough. He has, he's blowing his nose. I don't know. He's got an upper rep- respiratory infection. You know, the thing about Joe Biden being diagnosed with this, to me, honestly, this is what I think is happening. You remember that when he did an appearance last week, uh, he made, uh, you know, the, it's the appearance where he claimed he had cancer and that, uh, you know, and all of these misspeaks. But in that particular speech, uh, I was reading that he made tons of gaffes, more than usual, just mistake after mistake, pronunciation and names and recalling 
And so um, this is what me thinks. This is what me thinks. Me thinks uh, that um, his staff has decided that he needs to go underground so he conveniently now has COVID. I think that that's something we're going to be able to, they're going to be able to use handily. Also, don't be surprised if this is a way that they can use to actually remove him from the scene. Now, this is may, some people may say, this is wild speculation, and I guess it is. But we live in wild times where people are doing crazy things. Yeah, so I would not doubt at all if his staff um, at some point, and, and the powers that be, the, the man behind the curtain, might decide that it's time to withdraw Joe Biden from the public scene when he no longer serves their purposes, and won't COVID be a convenient way to do that? So that's what I think is happening. Uh, also, keep in mind the people, the people aligned with the people uh, who just made those proclamations about how that COVID vaccine was going to keep you from getting COVID. Just take that vaccine and you won't get it. I remember people that I knew, friends of mine, running around excitedly talking about they're going to go get their vaccine. Like it was a party. It was something to celebrate. I remember thinking, oh, my goodness. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what they're putting into their bodies. They have been so uh, propagandized. But these world leaders, I don't think they're in that category. I don't think they're in that. Some of them may be. But even if they've wised up, they're not admitting it. You think of Justin Trudeau in Canada. They've clamped down even worse in Canada. I saw a video yesterday of a Canadian woman. I think she's 66. Uh, Trudeau has come up with this app. It has a name. It's like, Go Canada or something, and that's not it. But you know, it's a, it's an app, uh, but it's where they track you, and they are insisting that everyone download that app. App, uh, and so this woman didn't want to download that app, so her punishment for not downloading the app, and by the way, she's been vaccinated. Her punishment for not downloading the app is to be quarantined for fourteen days. That's what they told you. You can hear the official telling her that. Well, ma'am, I'm sorry, you, but these are the rules if you will not download the app. But I don't want to. I've been vaccinated. I don't want to have that app on my phone. I'm sorry. You'll be quarantined for 14. Here's the instructions. It's, uh, it's amazing. So even though Justin Trudeau <laughs> told the people of Canada that if they just got that vaccine, they would not get COVID, and that was a lie, and then he himself got COVID, he's still insisting that the shutdowns, the restrictions, all of this is necessary in Canada, especially British Columbia, which is the worst I know because my son's there. Uh, so now these same experts, these same men, the Anthony Fauci's, the Deborah Burks, who's now admitting that uh, she was lying about uh, all of those things. She made up the six-foot distancing. She knew that the shot, I wish I could play the clip for you, it's, uh, she knew uh, that the, the uh, vaccine was not going to be very effective. But she, you know, I don't know what, what she talked about how they, uh, would submit these restrictions to the White House. The White House would send it back, edited, don't do this, don't do this, add this, and how she would cleverly ignore the White House instructions and put those very same things back in the document, maybe hide them in the end. She laughed about it in her book, about how she deceived the president and the administration. Also, those are the people who are now telling us that mon- monkeypox is now the greatest outbreak in the global health emergency, monkeypox. And um, they don't have a vaccine yet, but I'm sure they're working furiously. I'm sure that uh, these big medical companies that make these vaccines see money, see dollars, 
you know, deliciously looking. And the others, the bureaucrats, are thinking about control, how they could put people in masks and keep them home and destroy economies and march in social uh, communism, really not socialism, that's much too mild, and to take their cars and stop them from driving and keep them in their homes and control them. How deliciously delightful. A monkeypox, by the way, is, according to even the New York Times, is a disease that men who have sex with men are getting and spreading. It's a problem in the, uh, let's say, bisexual, homosexual male community that's been well documented. But man, we all are probably look to before the election, monkeypox being such an emergency that you're going to have to stay home and vote with mail in ballots. Don't expect that, you know, don't be surprised if that actually happens. Okay, I'm ranting. I because I'm ranting because I'm really sick of this and I feel like fighting. I'm in a fighting mood. So uh, President Trump is in a fighting mood, too. He appeared before Turning Point USA at their – actually, I think this clip is from Arizona. Uh, Interestingly enough, uh, you know, there are several primaries coming up next Tuesday, tons of them. In fact, I'm doing – I'm going to do my best to cover and give you at least an idea of what's happening in your state. Arizona is one of those, and so is uh, Michigan. We're going to go to Michigan in just a second and lay out – Uh, what's happening in that state. And there's some interesting things, so please stay tuned and get your friends from Michigan to be listening this morning. Nevertheless, in Arizona, there's a big governor's race, and the race is between, uh, boils down to two candidates, Carrie Lake. uh, I've met Carrie. She is a... Uh, Carrie's very impressive. You've probably seen her on television. She's a beautiful woman. She was an anchor on uh, major network news there and stepped down because she was really sick of what she saw happening. I met her just last year and had a chat with her, just a, not, not an interview, just a a, a, a girl, a girlfriend chat, I guess you could say. Uh, but I was very impressed with Carrie. She's very articulate. She's got tons of spunk. I love that spunk. And uh, she actually took on, Brett Baer tried to take her on a couple of weeks ago. I wish we had that clip ready. Uh, but uh, we'll do that. Maybe we'll still do that when we talk about Arizona. Um, and so Brett was trying to, Brett was behaved so badly. I could not believe it. I've known Brett a long time. Some Something's happened to him. I guess he hates Trump too so much that he opposes everything Trump stands for. Remember that Brett was very close to the, uh, uh, to the, um, to, oh gosh, uh, yeah, the president uh, who preceded President Trump. (laughs) I'm going blank here. In Texas, that president. Anyway, uh, he's very close to that family, the Bushes. And so I think he's very protective of them. And so therefore, you know, his hatred of Trump is coming out anyway. But Kerry handled him very well and really shamed Brett in the interview. She is running for governor. President Trump went to support her. Meanwhile, uh, Vice President Pence, not my favorite person, uh, went to support the opponent, Karen Rob- Robson. She is definitely the uh, the candidate of the establishment. Doug Ducey is supporting her, Karen Taylor Robinson, Robson. I understand that Kerry is ahead by a few points, but President Trump went to speak at that rally, and I wanted you to, wanted you to hear what he had to say. Clip five. Two years ago, we had the greatest economy that the world has ever seen. We had the greatest economy. We were leapfrogging China. We were doing much better than everybody. But we don't even talk about that anymore. All we do is talk about things that are going to only destroy our country from the inside. But we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and the rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. 
There is no challenge we cannot meet. and There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. We will never, ever, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and unified, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a chance because we are Americans and Americans kneel to God and God alone. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Greatness, greatness, greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious American nation. So with the help of everyone here today and the citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. All right. So that was President Trump in Arizona. By the way, he had thousands of people there. Pence had a room full of people at tables as he went to speak. So I just think that the contrast, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Vice President Pence. It's I do. He's very ambitious. He wants to be president. But I just think uh, that's not going to happen. And so uh, President Trump, of course, has uh, been, you know, the the lunch that the J6 committee has eaten every day, every day that it's met. It's a propaganda on television every every night with the members of the committee reading from the teleprompter. It's scripted by a big ABC producer, the whole thing. It's just, uh, and the lies are just, so I would love to have time to talk to you and refute everything that's been said, because it can be refuted. It's ridiculous stuff. Greg Kelly, by the way, did a great show last Friday, spelling it out and giving the highlights of it. But you know what? We can't find that show on the Internet. We can't find it on Greg Kelly Reports. We can't find it. So, you know, I'm finding sometimes that things are getting really tricky to find and covered up by ads, very difficult when I'm doing show prep. And um, I expect that someday I'm going to get in here to this office and uh, find that I can't even get online. It's because um, because they're messing with us. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that I expect they're going to do at some point. But uh, Greg Kelly is a great source right now of truth on Newsmax. And so let me recommend him to you. And when I have a chance, I walk you through some of the things uh, and refute those re- reports or s- ridiculous statements from the J6 committee. Sandy Rios in the morning. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings, 
very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepali's language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. There's a restaurant in San Francisco's North Beach that does not like police officers. The other day, a group of cops was asked to leave Hilda and Jesse. That's the name of the diner. The owners posted a message on social media saying their restaurant is a safe space. They were very uneasy with officers in uniform packing heat. They said the police were welcome to return to Hilda and Jesse so long as they were out of uniform and unarmed. You know, it seems to me with the uptick in robberies, any business owner in the city would welcome armed police officers in their business. Many residents sided with the police. They say it was disrespectful and foolish. The owners of Hilda and Jesse later apologized, but they did not rescind their policy. So basically, they get what they deserve. San Francisco is a war zone. And even the granola and berry crowd understands that once robbers loot Nordstrom, they'll be coming after the juice bars next. I'm Todd Stearns. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The lovely processional sound of uh, the White Coast Ceremony at the University of Michigan that took place, I believe, over the weekend uh, as the students walked across and processed. And this is a very big big event for medical students, the White Coast Ceremony. Uh, But what happened was that Dr. Kristen Collier, who is the pro-life assistant professor of medicine there, uh, was the chosen speaker. And uh, the students uh, at that ceremony were quite distressed. They did not want Kristen Collier to speak because she is pro-life. Now, it's interesting because at this ceremony, this is where they take the Hippocratic Oath. They raise their hand and swear to do no harm. 
That's the oath of doctors. That's the irony of it. Dozens of them, as the uh, as Kristen started to take the mic, or Dr. Collier started to take the mic, uh, walked out. Some of their parents walked out with them. Uh, there were dozens of them, not hundreds, so I guess that's the good news. Uh, but it's quite a brouhaha in Michigan. Wouldn't you love to have a doctor who graduated from the University of Michigan? I think not. Maybe when we are screening future doctors, we'll have to ask them if they graduated from there and when they graduated. Um, so uh, this is a controversy in Michigan. Michigan is one of those states that has a primary next Tuesday, one of the many states. And I wanted us to spend, I know I have a lot of listeners in Michigan, and I wanted to spend some time kind of equipping you and others around the country because you can help candidates from other states to know what exactly is happening in Michigan. And I've asked Ron Armstrong to join me this morning. Ron is the founder of Stand Up Michigan. Stand Up Michigan has been knocking it out of the ballpark with their activism in Michigan. And they really have, I believe, Stand Up has awakened an army of conservative Michigan voters who have done some incredible things already. And so Ron joins us this morning earlier for us. It's an hour earlier there. So Ron, thanks for getting up early. How are you this morning? I'm just doing fantastic, Sandy. How about you? (laughs) I'm doing good too, Ron. In spite of the news, I tell you this morning, Ron, it's like I say this to my listeners every day, but really, I, I, if I could get to everything, it would be quite fascinating, but it would be even more distressing. There's a New York Times article this morning, you may have seen it, about uh, cow cannibalism. There's a time for cannibalism. Yeah, so I mean, we are uh, the, the, the fronts on which we have to fight are so incredible, but so we have to reduce it to what we actually can do. And that's what you're doing in Michigan. You're so great at uh, at formulating a plan and seeing things clearly, Ron. And I actually want to start our discussion with this abortion amendment that is a proposed to perhaps be on that ballot next Tuesday, right? It would be on the ballot next Tuesday? No, actually, this is a constitutional amendment. It'll be on the ballot in November. However, uh, it is it is very relevant that we have a, a strong conservative ticket heading into November, because if indeed uh, Gretchen Whitmer was to prevail, uh, these amendments will probably succeed as well. Let's talk about them, because I really was appalled as I read what you sent. There are two different amendments, and let me just, um, as I understand it, vote 2020, promote the vote 2022, would prohibit photo ID requirements. Let's talk about that first. I should let you tell us. What is that? What is on that voting one? Am I catching you by surprise with that question? Because I didn't uh, tell no, you. We not been... at all. Not okay. At all. No, okay. We, uh, uh, we understand that we had we had passed and we are turning in petitions for what we're calling Secure My Vote this week, which will actually force photo identification. It will make sure no absentee applications go out. No Zuckerberg bucks are there. So what the governor did was they got a progressive organization from outside Michigan to fund with millions of dollars to pay up to $30 a signature over the winter uh, to put this not on the regular uh, where it would go through the legislature, but go directly to a referendum or a constitutional amendment that will be on the ballot in uh, in November of uh, 2022. Now, the sad part about this is promote the vote number one was in 2018, which allowed for these absentee ballots to go in the mail. And the people of Michigan passed that at 67% because they had millions, literally $20 million to promote that as if it was going to promote more voting. So this is a follow-up to that. And this is everything, uh, both of these amendments that the progressives and the liberals would like to have in the country. And this is the one here for Michigan. So yes, it's going to prohibit voter identification. 
altogether. It will require the legislatures to fund all the postage of absentees to go in and out. It will literally legalize ballot harvesting. It will allow uh, a local units of government uh, and counties to accept public funding and charitable sources. This is Zuckerberg money. It's outside money that is focused directly to, obviously, highly democratic areas. This will allow that. Uh, in our Constitution, by the way, it would take two-thirds of the majority to ever overrule this, meaning elections in Michigan are forever gone. It will require municipalities to have uh, one ballot drop box for every 15,000 voters. Nothing oh my could goodness. go wrong there. That's amazing. We will have... Nine days of early voting. Obviously, we've never seen any problems with any of those things. Uh, it'll prohibit uh, future post-election audits. How about this one? Unless they are conducted by state or county election officials. <laughs> that means no legislature, so even though our Constitution, yes, yeah, so trustworthy. And of course, which is just fantastic, it's going to allow all the overseas ballots to be able to be mailed on Election Day which would allow an extra six days for with them to wait for those to come in so we can extend the results of an election. Uh, this is a, a travesty, and uh, it has to be defeated, and we need everyone who's in Michigan to understand whatever you hear or see in the news. Uh, this would it is not a promote the vote. This is a promote uh, the ability to uh, uh, for fraud and stealing of elections in the future. You know, one thing, Ron, in that um, the... The proposal, whatever it was called, in 2018, where you said 60-something percent of uh, Michiganers voted for it, that's before the knowledge of uh, what happened in 2020 came along. And I, just as an encouragement, Rasmussen just did a poll, and uh, they polled um, it's likely U.S. likely voters, and uh, they polled the things that the midterm issues that they were most concerned about. Uh, rising gas prices, 92%. That's top. Inflation, 91%. Uh, the economy, 89%. Uh, violent crime, 86%. And fifth was election integrity, 83% concern. Now, that's people across the board. 83% yes. of likely U.S. voters in the upcoming election are concerned about election integrity. And that encourages me, Ron. That that gives me hope, and and I guess that's why you know the work like like Stand Up Michigan has done, and other entities, Mike Lindell, President Trump, um, you know, all of our friends. I could go on and on. Cleta Mitchell and Jay Christian Adams, and all of that have raised the alarm on voter integrity, and it's working. It's gotten into the DNA of the American people. So I guess people of Michigan just need to know that this is on the docket. If this gets passed, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, for instance, would be governor forever. You would never have a choice. <laughs> Again, and so um, correct. Yeah, let's talk about this. The other, the other amendment. Uh, I guess I'm trying to. I'm making sure I have the right, uh, the right words. Is this an amendment? Proposed amendment, proposed amendment to the Constitution, right? Yes, correct. Uh, okay, it so would the be other one in our state's constitution. That's correct. Uh, okay, so the other one has to do with abortion. So please explain what it is. These wonderful people who have been leading Michigan now for the last what almost four years have in mind uh, on, on, the, on the abortion front? Well, first of all, let's uh, make sure we understand that in Michigan we have a law from 1931 that bans all abortions, period. The governor has chosen to not follow that law already. She's offered everyone to go to Canada or to make sure no one will ever be prosecuted with our uh, progressive communist uh, attorney general we have in Michigan. And so this was put together and organized by Planned Parenthood and the ACLU uh, the writing of this particular amendment. And let me uh, give you just a few highlights. So it's going to legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. 
It will include up to the point of birth. It will allow for partial birth abortions. It will abolish informed consent of parental consent. I'll explain why that's so important in a second. It's going to eliminate the 24-hour waiting period. It'll create provisions that allow minors to abstain sterilization, hormone therapy without parental consent. It will eliminate uh, protection laws for medical personnel, uh, meaning that if a medical personnel was to authorize an abortion and be sued, they cannot be held liable. It will eliminate any current laws that require babies born alive during an abortion procedure to be protected. Uh, It will allow for taxpayer funding of the abortions, and it will allow school employees to help students obtain abortions without parental consent. Now, what they've done here, if you read through the actual language, is they have defined, instead of a medical uh, person or a doctor, they have said that it is going to be a, a, uh, a, a medical professional. And the reason they've said that is they're going to believe that a counselor, a Planned Parent counselor, a school counselor, uh, anyone there would be able to authorize this based on the health, mental health, any other way of a woman. So in one way, they'll say you can have limits by the legislature on abortion. But on the other side of it, it says no one can help be responsible if they do it anyway. And it also says that as long as a, a professional medical person authorized it, it's legal. So it is a play on words, but it is an absolute disaster. It is, uh, it is uh, what I would call uh, one of the worst, uh, we would be one of the worst uh, uh, state um, laws to protect abortion at all costs if this was to succeed. Ron, since uh, the Supreme Court over, overturned Roe versus Wade a month or so ago, so have all abortions stopped in Michigan now? No, because our governor refuses to follow the law of 1931. She got a lower uh, court of claims to set the entire 90-year-old law aside for a while so it could go to a federal court. This is to give her time to plan. And what they've done instead is the attorney general has stated no one will be held responsible. They have, they have used the licensing bureaus to tell medical professionals you had better follow what the woman wants. They have offered to ship uh, women uh, over to Canada. So they have done as she did with the health departments after we got rid of a law that she used for all those executive orders. She's bypassed the law temporarily in order to get what she wants. And she says she's going to fight like, you know what, to make sure that every woman can choose at any point in time. And, uh, you know, she's <laughs> she's an evil woman. That's, that's all there is to it. And defying the law, and nobody's nobody's going to punish her. Nobody's yeah. going to bring her to account except the voters, no. and that's what we're talking that's about correct. this morning. I want to I want to make another point uh, on University of Michigan Medical School. Let me just say that University of Michigan has such a great reputation for academic excellence, and so I want to give a clearer, more balanced view of what happened there. Um, the doctor who was speaking is uh, at the white coat ceremony is pro life. It's Kristen Coy- Kristen Collier. Uh, and the students had already protested her speaking at that event, but the the dean of the school, uh, the University of Michigan Medical School, Dr. Marshall Runge, uh, just ignored them. He said that he believes in diversity. She should be allowed to speak. She wasn't speaking on abortion. She was talking about, you know, being a doctor and just the, the great challenges and what a responsibility and all that, you know, standard uh, inspirational talk at, at a graduating ceremony. Uh, but... Uh, and also one other thing, uh, Jim Harbaugh, who is on staff there at the University of Michigan. Hang on a second. I'm trying to find uh, – he's the University of Michigan football coach, former Chicago Bear, by the way. <laughs> so I know. That's my town. My, my That was my team for many, many years, Ron. But uh, he took a strong stand. He said, I believe in having the courage to let the unborn be born. 
I love life. I believe in having a loving care and respect for life and death. My faith and my science are what drives these beliefs in me. And then he said, quoting Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I just wanted to bring that balance. Those people are also at University of Michigan. And so I just, your thoughts about what happened at that white coat ceremony, Ron? Well, I feel like it's a, it's exactly where we are today. It's a divided, uh, a divided nation. Uh, and, and it's the same at universities. I, I really liken it to typically it is the leaders. It's academia. And certainly it is progressives who tend to be the loudest voice, but they aren't the majority. Uh, they, they, they had to do a poll in Michigan to try and get some balance. And so they asked if in the case of incest, in, incest and, and rape, would they uh, agree with abortions? And the number was 69% said yes. That's their way of trying to say that uh, everybody agrees with abortion. And we all know that that's just a, again, a distraction from reality. Um, if people understand, and I believe they do, when life is viable and when life should be and how important life is, we are in the majority and we have to act like it and we have to vote like it. And I think that, um, you know, like the uh, dean did, that's the same thing. We need to not pay attention, not react to that. Instead, we need to continue to educate people and help them understand that we are indeed the majority. Again, we just have to act like it. Yeah, interesting. And isn't it interesting, Ron, that those students were there to take the Hippocratic Oath? You know, you just wonder where the enforcers are in the medical community. Of course, there are none. They have so compromised themselves over COVID and other issues. They, they've become so woke in medical schools. It's, a, it's really a struggle. I think our, the medical field is really, well, there are a lot of centers of the battle right now, but that's one, that's certainly one front that needs to be uh, addressed. Ron, um, with Stand Up Michigan, uh, one of the biggest races you have coming up is, of course, uh, the race for governor. And you've got a huge primary next Tuesday, and you have uh, five different five different candidates uh, running on the Republican side. I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, five were we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and talk about them in detail. Uh, but I'm just curious, a quick question. They had removed Ryan Kelly, or at least they, they had arrested Ryan Kelly last I heard. And then also they had removed five other uh, Republican nominees from the ballot. Have they not messed with any of these five so far? Uh, no, those five were removed because they did not get, they used paid circulators that were, uh, that were uh, really fraudulent. And that was the problem with those five. Ryan is still absolutely on the ballot, and they have tried to disparage him and say that he can't serve. It's all not true, so he is absolutely one of the five in the running yet. Okay. All right. When we return, I want to let's talk about those five candidates because you interviewed each of them. Also, you have some other races, and I'd love to at least touch on those two. I believe, yeah, you have some other races. So I, you're the you're the expert on Michigan. So I'm going to look to you for some answers about and guidance. For people from Michigan who are listening, who who need your help, Ron, to know how to think about this next election on Tuesday. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Amy Carmichael was a missionary in India, rescuing little girls from abuse. In her 50-plus years of ministry, she witnessed the transforming power of the Bible. Sorrowful people are comforted. People who were in the dark Walk in the light. Is it not wonderful to think that this book is in our hands today? Bert Harper and Alex McFarlane explore the wonders of the Bible. Weekday afternoons at 3 Central on American Family Radio. This is the time where we all better be on our knees in front of our windows. 
where we better have the boldness to stand on the truth of God's word, where our allegiance better be to him. Listen, he alone has an enduring kingdom. He alone, he alone makes promises and keeps them. God alone, nobody else. Airing the Addisons, weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Senator Josh Hawley questioned UC Berkeley law professor Kiara Bridges as to why she described women as people with the capacity for pregnancy. Senator Hawley replied, so this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a what? Professor Bridges then stated that Senator Hawley's line of questioning was transphobic and open trans people to violence. A constitutional law professor stated in a congressional hearing that men can get pregnant. What's worse, numerous Goebbels Inc. outfits said the professor owned Senator Hawley. Reprobate minds deny reality and replace it with fiction. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hello, everyone. Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, an update on our Israel trip scheduled for March 2023. We're about a third full, so two-thirds remain. That is of the seats we have available for our trip to Israel. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited to take a new group of pilgrims across the pond, across the Alps, across the Mediterranean, and land our plane in Tel Aviv, bus to Jerusalem, and here we go. Again, that's in March 2023. The itinerary, the cost, all we'll be doing and seeing. You can read about everything associated with this trip by going to twholyland.com twholyland.com March is a great month typically weather-wise to visit and so that's one of the reasons we schedule it for that month again twholyland.com to check out the trip This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. World Health Organization Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus helped the Chinese Communist Party impose the China model worldwide by blessing its unprecedented and devastatingly counterproductive program of lockdowns, mask mandates, compulsory jabs with inadequately tested and problematic vaccines, and enforcement via vaccine passports. As our new book, The CCP is at War with America, makes clear, China's model also enabled electoral arrangements and political abuses that contributed to Donald Trump's defeat. Could another mishandled pandemic have similar effects in the 2022 elections? We may be about to find out. Dr. Tedros has just declared, reportedly over the objections of a majority of his advisory panel, a new global health emergency involving monkeypox. If we don't get back to pandemic responses that actually work, we may be doomed not only to more CCP-style lockdowns and passports, but more stolen elections. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Both my girls are in college now, but I'll never forget those early days. Juggling a newborn, a mom with cancer, a full-time job. It was a lot. All over Michigan, people are facing those same struggles. That's why we've made childcare more affordable, made it a priority to get kids back in class while making the biggest investment in education ever without raising taxes. 
The last few years have been tough, but we're tougher and getting things done right now. All right, that's the voice of Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of uh, Michigan, who's done such a great job up there shutting down businesses and hurting the economy while she and her husband go, you know, boating while no one else can go and a few other things that she's done that have been very harmful. So a lot of Republicans have come out of the woodwork to run against Gretchen in this uh, November race. But there are five of them, uh, and one of them has to prevail. And by the way, if you don't vote in the primary, you will not get a strong conservative candidate. Many people, I think people are beginning to understand that, at least I hope. Uh, but Ron, uh, give before we talk about these candidates, what are the worst things from your perspective that Gretchen Whitmer has done? Oh, where to begin? Uh, uh, everything that she just said was uh, was uh, uh, an untruth, and we can't forget. Um, she uh, she basically had executive orders from everything from uh, you can't go outside, you can't your kids can't play with each other, you can't be in a boat with your own family member, you can shop in a store but you can't buy paint where you can buy other things, but you can go to a hardware store and get it. The liquor stores were open, abortion clinics were open, but the bowling alleys and the gyms and whatever were closed for months and months and months. Not only once in the spring during the so-called bending the curve, but the entire winter of 2020 to 2021. Two entire seasons of the UP lost all of their revenue from people coming in from tourism because of her shutdowns and lockdowns. Over 2,000 restaurants are closed forever. Small business was the target. It was what got crushed for it. She arrested people from for literally opening their businesses. Um, she weaponized our health department and our attorney generals and our licensing agencies against individuals, against businesses, while working with the unions to keep the schools closed and no in-person learning for almost two years. She pivoted a year two to utilizing the health departments to carry out her orders. And when she did, she backed away as if it didn't have anything to do with her. We have already seen the Flint Public Schools announce they will be masking their children to go back to school again this year. This is where we are with Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. We cannot forget. And when she says we didn't have to raise taxes, it's because we've taken the Biden federal money. We've tied it to critical race theory. We've tied it to all of these other programs. And we have literally flooded the school systems who are losing children like crazy, aren't educating our kids. And the ones that are falling through the cracks are the ones they claim to defend. And those are the ones that are most vulnerable, who don't have uh, full family units. And those are the people who have had no education, and they simply don't care. Yeah. All right. Well, that's um, that needs to be restated, Ron. And I know people in Michigan haven't forgotten, but people around the country need to know how bad it is and what damage has been done in Michigan. And so you've had a lot of patriots step up to the plate and say they want to run. I think 10. Now you have five. So um, you did an a, a, um, interview with each of them. Are, what, let me just ask you some general questions. Are each of these candidates, Garrett Soldana, Kevin Reinke, 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 mm-hmm. Reinke, Reinke. Ralph Rebent, and Ryan Kelly and Tudor Dixon. Are they all social conservatives? They are. They're all absolutely conservative. They are all Christians. None of them have a background in politics. They all got in for a different reason, but yet all caused because of the lockdowns and how it affected them and their families. And they all had an individual story that needed to be told. But the reason I did the interviews was that it was shown that between 50 and 80% only two weeks ago did not even know these candidates by name. Not by name. So not choosing one. And I said, I refuse to have us choose our candidate based on a soundbite or a 30-second commercial or an attack ad 
because then we get what we don't know we're getting, and then we complain about it later. So it's important to learn about them. So I asked the candidates if they'd sit down for a lengthy interview that I would include a lot of commentary as to what the governor's done to us through the process as people watch them, but to get their reaction. And I actually used the same Rasmussen poll in covering topics uh, from inflation and gas. And we know the governor can only control certain things, but uh, uh, work environment, uh, education, abortion, all of the things that matter to the conservative people. And honestly, they probably agree on 80 to 85 percent of everything. They all have a little different angle and they certainly have a stronger area uh, uh, that separates them. You know, Ryan Kelly rested January 6th issue. He's definitely fought on the 2020 issue. So he's got the far, far you know, right hand person who who believes all in election integrity all the time. So you kind of go through the candidates and again, they have different angles but they are all good choices. The problem is we're going to be fractured. And the latest poll shows the top person out of 500 people gets 19 percent, second one, 15, third one, 13. And wow. actually it was 19 Tudor, uh, 15 Reiki, 13 Kelly, 12 Soldano and two for Ralph Revent and 38 percent undecided. Oh, and wow. that's because they don't know who they are. All right. So uh, to just uh, be real practical before we even start yeah. getting into details about them, you these interviews are posted at StandUpMichigan.com, StandUpMichigan.com slash governors, to be specific, StandUpMichigan.com slash governors. And you can look at these candidates and listen to their answers to the questions and evaluate them, uh, thanks to Ron's hard work. Uh, but... Um, Stand up, Michigan. There's lots of other things on that website. You should put that. You know, just make that one of your staple go-to places if you live in Michigan. Stand up, Michigan. So, uh, Ron, it's hard. I know that you. I'm guessing that you cannot make a public. You don't have a. If I ask you about a preference, would you even tell me? Uh, well, no. As leader of the organization, it's a. In, we we can't endorse, and and I feel like as I've got to lead whoever comes out of this. The biggest issue that I had going into both the interviews. And, and as I talk to you about the candidates, I'm going to be honest with you about their strengths and weaknesses. I'm playing uh, uh, I'm playing for the conservatives and for the Christians to prevail. But the most important thing on August 2nd is that we're unified, uh, all, everyone, the party, the donors, the grassroots, to take on Gretchen Whitmer because she has the largest amount of money ever in history of a governor who is running for re-election. She's going to probably have 30 or 40 million dollars, most of it coming from outside of Michigan that she has to battle in this last 90 days. And we're going to be coming out of a primary where nobody knows who our candidate is and we don't have time uh, to educate and, and bring them up to speed. So we do have a grassroots army on the ground uh, okay. and it's important for us to educate them. Yeah, and you need to build that army. So that's one of the reasons that hopefully this interview will help. So Stan, is that if they want to uh, get involved? Officially, do they go to Stand Up Michigan? Yes, if they go to StandUpMichigan.com, uh, they can just simply uh, click sign up. And once they've signed up, they'll get our emails. And they also will be identifying by county. So they'll get their county emails because we are organized by county so that people can get involved in everything from election integrity, serving as election inspectors, and getting involved in your own area. We're working on school boards, county commissions, and all the down-ballot things that have never been focused on by our side for decades, and we're doing all of that, so we're going to see the fruit of that next time. Okay. All right. Well, let's just touch on these people. I, I'm going to name a name, and you tell me the, your observation. Uh, Garrett Soldano. Garrett Soldano came out of the grassroots movement. He fought the lockdowns during the entire time. He's a chiropractor. Um, he has been outspoken uh, uh, against the governor, probably the most outspoken against the governor. 
and uh, and he would make a, a a great conservative candidate. He has no background in policy or politics, and a lot of people think that's great. But you also have to surround yourself with people, and he has kind of chosen to go scorched earth on all establishment, uh, all donors. Um, and so the question is, how will he be able to fund a campaign if indeed we choose him? But he will be a great grassroots uh, candidate of choice. All right. Kevin, I'm sorry, Rinky. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Rinky is a fourth generation uh, business owner, a top 250 company uh, companies in the country. He self-funded his primary campaign so that no one could influence anything he's doing. He would probably be, as he mentions in there, the best CEO of, of uh, areas. Uh, his weakness is he's been asked on the abortion issue. He is pro-life, but he kind of is a little waffling there, which is a problem for most of the conservative areas as far as uh, abortion uh, uh, being available. I think uh, he's, he's the most liberal of that group in the abortion area. Okay, Ralph Rebant. Rebant is a pastor of 34 years, Southeast Michigan, very well known, uh, and it does a lot of work, works across the aisles. He, you know, he's a Republican because he's a conservative and a Christian. He wants to bring uh, Christianity back, a Judeo-Christian view to government. He'd surround himself with the same people. He's an absolutely fantastic choice. If he was our governor, uh, I could be so thankful to God that he's our governor and he's a pastor. The problem is he hasn't had any money or organization, uh, and he's polling certainly in the lower single digits. So probably not going to prevail. But if you're a Christian out there and you want to cast a vote, uh, he's a great, great person. All right. Ryan Kelly, of course, is the best, best known on this list because he was arrested uh, after at being for being, uh, you know, in the United States Capitol at, on January the 6th. Uh, but what about Ryan? Well, he was never in the Capitol. He never went in. He was outside, but he was uh, he was vocal and he's on uh, been on camera. It was 17 months ago and they just arrested him on the day that our president announced that we're now going to begin uh, another attack on people who've been being surveilled for the 17 months. Probably the mo- most outspoken and probably uh, has been on our state capitol steps the most, uh, uh, probably with uh, a little more of the militant group of, of what we've got to do to save and preserve. He's got a great 100-day plan, um, but with the, the, you know, and with the January 6th issue, it, it gains him support from, uh, from grassroots. The question is, can he... Uh, can he prevail uh, uh, in a in a primary and carry through to the election? You know they're going to hang that around his neck, so that's a question you just have to ask yourself. All right, and then Tudor Dixon. Tudor Dixon's a mother of four. Uh, the interesting thing is, first of all, she's the only woman candidate, and I, I reference that simply because uh, some believe, and it has been a widely published, that you know a woman taking on Whitmer, who has destroyed every man, uh, uh, called them every woman from sexist and, and, and homophobe and doesn't understand women. You can't even talk about our issues. And we believe that a, a, a woman potentially uh, could be, uh, uh, be able to take her on, especially with this abortion battle. Uh, she lost a grandmother in a nursing home, wasn't allowed to see her. She's a cancer survivor, couldn't get treatments. She ran a steel company for her father um, and, and or worked with her father in a steel company in the past. And then two years worked with, uh, with, uh, uh, in, in, uh, conservative broadcast radio with a show every afternoon, and that's what she did for the two week, two years prior to deciding to run for uh, governor. And she got Newt Gingrich's uh, endorsement over the weekend. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> that isn't necessary. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. look to Newt for my endorsements, but I, no, you know, no, you always. I, I was just <laughs> uh, that was a, it was an interesting one. That's all. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, yeah. So, but you've interviewed her, and you feel like she's a solid conservative, and. And not aligned well, I with think the they all are. 
as I yeah. said, I okay. don't think we could go wrong. The question is, we've got to have one that we all know who they are, and whoever prevails, we have to get behind them. Uh, they all, I believe, again, uh, have they all have the ability and should be able to defeat Gretchen Whitmer. But this isn't going to be easy in Michigan. All right. So now let me say again, those of you listening, go to StandUpMichigan.com uh, to get involved with Stand Up Michigan, but also to see these interviews with these candidates so that you can in- be informed when you go to vote. It's uh, StandUpMichigan.com slash governors for that those particular interviews. You can find it if you go to Stand Up Michigan. Um, uh, also, Ron, before we run out of time, we only have a couple of minutes here. Any other notable races you want to mention in Michigan next Tuesday in the primary? Sure do. Uh, two of them specifically. Um, uh, one is a congressional, both are congressional races. One is in the uh, in the western Michigan area, and that is Peter Meyer, who uh, not only took President Trump's endorsement, uh, but then within 10 days afterwards voted for impeachment. Um, he comes from the Meyer grocery store chain. He's an extremely wealthy individual, does not have any principles, is not a conservative uh, at all. He's probably a Democrat, honestly. And he is a total, uh, and I hate to use the word rhino, John Gibbs is an incredible person running against him. Uh, he is endorsed by President Trump. Uh, he has not had the overall financing, obviously, but he does have the grassroots. Uh, he worked for uh, Ben Carson for four years in HUD. Um, he was seven years a missionary in Japan. He's an incredible story. You really should have him on sometime. And uh, okay. we're hoping that he can defeat him in the primary. And then the last one would be uh, uh, another congressional race on the east side, uh, which is the Flint area. That that would that one's a tough race too. Okay, can you just mention names quickly before I run out of time? Uh, yes, Matt Seeley is who you want to vote for. Matt Seeley. All right. Okay, so uh, that's a, really that's a great that is a great tutorial, Ron, from someone who really follows this, has his skin in the game, is working hard to save his state, uh, who I have great respect for. So I hope that that is helpful to all of you. Remember that the primary for Michigan is next Tuesday. Uh, as are the several other primaries, which we'll hopefully touch on. Uh, we'll touch on each day this week. I'll be talking about different states. But this uh, gets us off to a great jump start. I want to also mention to all of you that the iVoterGuide.com, iVoterGuide.com, is a great resource for races all across the country uh, to give you an idea of where people stand, who's supporting them, and where they're coming from. It's just a valuable tool. So roll up your sleeves and get busy. Ron Armstrong, thank you so much. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.